Okay, yes, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the number one strength and conditioning podcast in the world. And that is not my opinion. That is according to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It is the Ruppy Muscle Podcast. And I'm your host, as always, TJ. Today, we are going to continue our year-round podcast series detailing basically everything possible for you to completely understand how to organize your physical preparation for rugby and today's uh, continuation of that is going to be diving deep into an area that like a lot of rugby players actually think is everything snc and that is how to effectively train for strengthened hypertrophy and again specifically for you rugby players now before we get started before we get into that the I mean, the chief reason that we are the number one, actually it's the content, but the main reason that we have been recognized as the number one podcast in the world is because people like you that listen have found value in these discussions, have found value in these podcasts, in the information that we're giving out, and have been smashing the like button on YouTube, have been giving us five-star reviews on Spotify. If you can continue to do those things, it would be greatly appreciated, and of course, um, if you have any questions on this stuff and they might come up here um, as it regards to your own personal situations for gaining strength, gaining muscle as a rugby player, let me know in the comments below or on the Spotify, hit the three dots and uh, you can ask a question there as well. And then uh, if you haven't done so already, of course, you should hit subscribe on YouTube, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, however you listen to make sure that you don't miss any of this podcast series that you understand everything that you need to become the best rugby player you can be um especially with your uh, yeah arranging your gym training um your fitness training and your nutrition all around to make that as most efficient possible cool all right so um let's get into gaining strength gaining muscle as a rugby player and uh, i've got well, i've got six sort of areas that you you should be focusing on um, probably getting more and more important as we go down the list. Before I get into that list, uh, I do want to say that like this area is like it's way overstated as far as a rugby player is concerned. It's way overstated as far as uh, general fitness advice is concerned. And you have to understand, especially as a rugby player, especially as a rugby player, your goal isn't maximal muscle gain maximal strength gain at the cost of everything else you need to develop a balance both within your training and within your outcomes that you're you're striving for and that you have as an athlete to be the best rugby player that you can be right kind of obvious but it's so important to state that because when you're dealing with a lot of the information that we'll find online it's from people like if you're getting strength advice from a powerlifter their soul uh, purpose of that strength is their sport right and that's their sole purpose of their training is to eventually in the long term get as maximal uh, weight lifted in the squat in the bench and the deadlift as possible in as a bodybuilder it's to gain the most amount of muscle possible and then keep that muscle whilst getting to ridiculous like low body fat percentage and so i can understand why that's like why this would be overthought right it's why like professional teams really do nail down everything that it takes to be to win games of rugby as far as like specific tactical components go as far as specific like training for every single player given like 
different situations that they might find themselves in the game. Whereas, you know, your local team is just really going to focus on basics, right? About, about manipulating overall common situations, about getting better at passing, about getting better overall at tackling, those sorts of things. Um, and it's really important to understand that, right? Because really, for the amount of muscle and strength that we really need to gain as a rugby player, and it's mostly going to be possible anyway, it's actually incredibly simple. It's probably a little bit different, actually, from the the example I gave there as a professional rugby team versus an amateur rugby team, because the professional rugby team still has you know such a high ceiling for the amount of small increases that they can make in their performance, whereas... You know, I outside of like drugged bodybuilding, um, I just don't see, um, you know, the the case to be made for the amount of overthinking that comes to this because the, the overthinking mostly is not about um, as as far as the information goes online. It's not about um, what adapts to which person best. It's actually about saying this is going to make your muscle grow more than this. And I just don't think that to be the case. Most of the differences are going to be in the weeds and most of those weeds are going to be about, you know, someone being consistent for them and what applies to them, um, you know, for their, their situation. Now, I think to, to really hammer this point home, right? Look at whoever you follow as far as, uh, if you, if you do, um, if you're in this field and you overthink this as well and you're guilty of it, because a lot of people that come to rugby muscle are definitely think that, uh, you know, come from a background of trying to gain as much muscle, trying to gain strength, like bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever, strength training background. And that leads us to think, you know, okay, how much uh, muscle gain? And, and we get overhyped in, as far as trying to gain as much muscle and gain as much strength in a shorter period of time as possible. Look at, you know, your major fitness influence. Look at any rugby player even as well. You could you could do that and, and look at them, and maybe you look at them once they've passed a certain period of time of their training, and then you see how much have they realistically muscle have they realistically gained? How, can you, how much muscle can you see that they've gained? How much strength have they gained? Have they um, added, you know, hundred kilos to their lifts in four or five years? Probably not. So is it wise for you to try and gain twenty kilos on all of your lifts in a year? Probably not. Same goes for the amount of muscle that can be gained. If if it was that easy to gain as much as 30 kilos of of muscle, props wouldn't be such a a valuable position in rugby because there would be so many more um, huge men around because it because we'd be able to gain that amount of muscle. It's just not. It's most of your yeah your muscle building potential and most fitness influencers that are fitness influencers because they look really good is going to be down to genetics and whilst. It's the same for speed. It's the same for, uh, you know, your athleticism that we discussed last week. It's the same to an extent for fitness. But it doesn't mean that those things and this, including strength and hypertrophy, should not be trained for. It's just that you have to understand the context of it, right? So it's not the only thing that we're training for, and it should be treated like that. However, you can still gain a good bit of strength, you well, a lot of strength actually, and you can gain a good deal of muscle, and that can make a big difference to you as a rugby player. It's just not the only thing. And rather than get lost in the weeds of things, as a lot of us can be very guilty of, we just have to understand that if we cover off these six bases, we're going to gain as absolute 
much muscle as we need to as a rugby player and pretty much as we need to as a human as almost pretty much as possible and the rest just accounts for time because building strength building muscle is a marathon it is not a sprint so with that sort of mini rant out of the way uh, let's go into the key factors for gaining strength and muscle as a rugby player number one Right, is going to be cover your movement patterns. So we spoke about this in the previous podcast. So if you go back and listen to last week's podcast about how to move better, how to uh, be more athletic, this covers the basic movement patterns of hinging, squatting, lunging, pushing uh, and pulling with the upper body, both vertically and horizontally. And then your core movements, your rotations, your um, trunk uh, flexion and extension, and then your trunk lateral flexion and extension. And that trunk part and that core part is an important part because that's not ever discussed by bodybuilders like that you're supposed to always include that and progressively overload that because you know your abs just aren't an important feature as far as or your your trunk is an important feature whereas in rugby in contact situations the stronger and you know regarding hypertrophy the the bigger to an extent because it's going to allow you to be stronger your core is the better you're going to be in in every contact situation or the more potential you have to be better and so that's an important factor to figure out to begin with now those movement patterns so hinging squatting uh upper body pushing and pulling lunging and then your core movements these should be trained one to three times a week the sweet spot for most people is going to be twice a week i think um and we'll go into a little bit later we'll go into exactly why that is i just don't think it's necessary at this point um i think uh the sweet spot being two some of those movement patterns can be up to three when we're looking at things like hinging potentially overly fatiguing heavy movements maybe we we drop that back down to one and this would depend on all of the other training that we're doing as a rub player because remember strength and condition is not just getting bigger and stronger it's it's all of the five uh, components that we spoke about before so strength and strength and uh, size is just one of the five components we've also got conditioning we've got movement control slash athleticism we've got power and we've got speed those five aspects also are big areas for you to improve this is just one of those five so this shouldn't take up all of your strength and conditioning so with those movements yes um you should be challenging yourself. You should increase uh, the load, not necessarily week to week, but at the beginning of your journey, yeah, you can increase the load easily week to week. You can increase your control over time, so your rep speed. You can um, increase your range of motion, as I, again, discussed in the movement episode. Um, essentially, you're going to continually challenge yourself, and that challenging uh, nature of the exercises that you're doing is what builds that muscle is what builds that strength right you're trying to uh get the body to adapt and make an adaptation to get stronger because you are forcing that because of uh, uh the training that you're applying okay most sets probably going to be about one to two reps from failure so you don't want to be burning out every single uh set um you want to make sure like once rep speed starts to drop off once you start grinding uh, the reps out you can probably count it there. Um, and again, you don't want to adjust form to, to get these sets out as well. I could, I could go on about these notes, but that's, that's about as, as far as in depth as we need to go to, as far as your movement patterns goes, as what, as far as exercise selection, you just want to find the movement patterns that work well for you. You also want to rotate through different movement patterns to continually, uh, adjust that stimulus, not week to week, but training block to training block. Um, 
you can also just find movements that continually work really well for you and just to con- continue to progress those if if they continue to progress like why not ride that wave out if if something's working keep it going and and yeah and that's that's everything as far as uh, the movements go next we've got nutrition that is going to be the second because you need to train first right in order to build muscle build strength to to give you that stimulus second is nutrition because if you're not eating enough you simply do not have the fuel and you don't have the building blocks to to build that strength to build that muscle eating sufficient food is going to be critical not just for building the muscle and actually physically building that muscle but also for giving you the energy to train especially as a rugby player where you know, if you're training twice a week, those rugby sessions can burn from anywhere from like 500 to 1,000 calories per session. So you've got to eat back to just to maintain that weight that you already have, those calories as well. And then not to mention the, the, the calories that you're burning in your other sessions. So your conditioning sessions, maybe your, your muscle building, strength building sessions as well. You've got to, you know, eat enough just to maintain weight. And then you need to eat even more to give your body the necessary energy to then go on and build muscle as far as protein goes i like to say between two to three kilo uh, kilogram of lean body mass so that means if you're overly um if you're carrying a lot of fat if you're overly fat then you don't need to do uh two grams per kilogram so if you're say if you're just for the sake of easy maths say if you are 25 percent body fat and you're 100 kilos that doesn't mean that you need to smash two to 300 grams of protein. It actually means that you, you, you only really need like 150 to 200-ish grams of protein. And that, and that would be easily enough protein to build the amount of muscle necessary uh, or possible that you can. Some people like to go a little bit higher, particularly if you're in a real challenging week. I'm not necessarily going to say it's it's a bad idea. But it's also not going to build fat. It's not going to make a big difference. Really, what makes the big difference here is going to be um, the carbohydrates. So carbohydrates are going to be necessary for your performance. Calories in general as well, but carbohydrates is going to be the easiest source to convert. Um, and to an extent, more is going to be better. But this is where you need to toe that line of avoiding gaining uh, weight too fast and then having to spend time not in a surplus and, and end up trying to lose that fat, which is going to cost you time and energy in trying to you know, pursue gaining muscle, gaining strength. So you just got to have a decent awareness. So I think having a scale is a good idea. Um, not necessarily standing on that scale every single day, but having a decent amount of knowledge of where your weight is going. You don't need to be gaining more than one pound every two weeks or a kilo or two at most in a month um, because the re- if you gain any faster than that, you're almost certainly gaining unnecessary fat. You just want to stay consistent. So you're going to have a lot of... And the awareness boils down to some of you are going to be chronically under-eaters, so you just got to make sure you consistently get in enough. Some of you are going to be chronically overeaters, and that means that just be aware that you are getting enough and don't overforce yourself because then you're going to end up having to spend unnecessary time losing fat, which is going to cost you, you know, a decent amount of time and going to cost you in, in a decent amount of energy that you could be fueling yourself to to train as hard as you can and to gain muscle and strength to recover from that. Next, we've got uh, balancing the training variables, so. 
essentially the training variables when it comes to gaining muscle and gaining strength is going to be frequency, so how often you train, volume, how much you do in those training sessions, how many sets, and then intensity, how hard do you train? So that can be total weight as far as like, you know, percentage of your training max, but it also can be how far or close to failure you are. So if you're if you're stopping as soon as the reps slow down and it starts to get a little bit challenging, that is nowhere near as intense as if you are literally going to, you cannot do one more single rep and you're going all the way to failure. That is going to be a lot more challenging. It doesn't even matter at that point, the amount of total weight that you're using, that's going to be significantly more challenging. So it's a combination of those two things. And you've got to find that balance, right? Pushing hard on one of those dials means that you're going to have to drop back on the others. For rugby players, that is why I don't recommend doing the bro split, right? Where you traditionally do chest on Monday, you do back on Tuesday, legs, and you split up each body part so that you do one session a week per body part. The amount of volume and intensity needed to make that one session worth it in a you know a continual basis is just going to make you too sore for and it's going to impact your other rugby training sessions. It's going to limit your amount of training options as well, right? With the movement patterns that you're doing. Um, it's just not the the best way to do things. That's why I also landed on that two a week earlier. Um, and, the, you know, per muscle group, I think twice a week stimulus is good. It's going to give you enough uh, wriggle room to get decent intensity, quite high intensity, and then keep that volume low-ish so that, again, you don't have to get yourself overly sore and affect the other training that you've got, which is, again, just as important as the training that you're doing to gain muscle and gain strength. So twice a week is usually what I settle on. Sometimes you can push that up to three times a week for some muscle groups, depending on the training that you're doing, depending on the phase of training that you're in. Rep ranges are usually going to be from as low as two reps so you're pushing yourself real hard i do find that's beneficial for rugby players and then as high as like six to eight reps for the heavy compound lift and that's what should make up the bulk of your strength and muscle building training as a rugby player and as long as you're eating enough and you train hard enough you keep progressing that training you will grow you will grow as much muscle as you possibly can and if you if you come up against the a bit of a plateau the solution isn't going to be making those, uh, pushing those compound lifts to higher rep ranges. The solution might be the next point, which is going to be muscle isolation for some of the weak areas and some of the areas that you really do wish to gain extra muscle and extra strength in. That would look like just basically identifying and isolating some of the muscles that might need extra attention to prevent imbalances, prevent injuries. Um, hamstrings can be one you know your arms can be another depending on your own situation you you will know uh what muscles might be potentially weaker and might need some extra isolation uh movement so uh neck is always another one traps um the the rear delts is another one and from here we can do anything with from like eight to up to 20 reps one to two times a week and again, we don't need too much volume here because we're still doing all of the other stuff. We just need to get enough of a stimulus to potentially then grow. And as long as, again, we are eating it and, and progressing our training, we're going to be fine. Number five, we're looking at recovery. So, you know, this one, again, definitely like the different training variables can be overthought. Recovery is as simple as getting enough food in, uh, getting adequate sleep, 
and then stress management. So if you are you know, working 10, 12-hour days, you're stressed out in your mind, you're just not going to be able to uh, recover well enough to train hard enough to gain muscle. And that's just the situation that is it that you're in. So you can still do low intensity training. You can still build some level of conditioning with that, but you're going to be held back because you're just not going to be able to recover from that. And if you can only sleep three hours a day, same thing, probably not the best time to really try and maximize how much you're physically going to progress with high intensity training, um, to build strength, build muscle, even speed and, and other things as well. Um, but today we're obviously talking about muscle and strength. So, uh, you have to find that balance with your recovery. And also whilst we're here, the fitter you are, the better you're going to recover from your training, right? And, and the more, uh, the less impactful that training is going to have, right? If you're really unfit and you just do, you know, five by five, that might absolutely smash you. Whereas if you're someone that's really fit and decently strong, you can still, get through that session in less time and have that have less impact on the rest of your training and that is why conditioning can be can be massive for a rugby because it's going to allow you to get through more work and recover from that work faster not just in the moment as far as you know instead of taking a five to ten minute rest you actually just need a two to three minute or even less rest but also from a day-to-day basis so the fitter you are the better you're going to recover and that makes sense right because fitness is about the heart and lungs ability to get oxygenated blood around the body and keep uh, the muscles nice and fresh flush that fatigue out and if it's more efficient at doing that then it's going to be you're going to recover more efficiently and then finally the last point i have here for you guys that want to gain muscle and strength is going to be um getting some level of variety in your training so um i think a lot of a lot of rugby players will give up on uh, muscle building and gaining strength just because they're not seeing or just because they hit a plateau. Whereas simply, um, you know, varying the rep ranges. Whereas if you just simply try, if you do like a, a three by five and all you're trying to do is grind out week on week on week and, and slowly add weight to the bar, that can get a little bit boring. That can get a little bit tedious and, you know, end up in you, just basically given up and if once you it's not necessarily less effective it's just harder to do whereas what i like to do with a lot of people is you know week one we go six reps week two we go four reps week three we go two reps or five four three or five three one or or what we do is we'll do fives for three weeks we'll do threes for three weeks and we'll do twos for three weeks or we'll do slower rep ranges for one week and then you know, uh, or for a couple of weeks, then we'll do pauses for a couple of weeks and then we'll do, um, strong concentric movements for the next week. Or we'll do three weeks of back squat, three weeks front squat. You get the point, right? You need to, um, continually, uh, increase the stimulus, but you're, and that's over the long term. But you also want to vary your training up just so it doesn't get tedious, doesn't get boring and continues to challenge you. Um, it's not that the, examples i gave are going to be significantly more challenging than just continually hammering home at the same movement for the same reps it's just it's it's just more fun and it's going to have you do it more often so that is going to wrap up the basics of getting strong and getting uh, jacked as a rugby player hopefully that is helpful for you it's a little bit it's a little bit of a debbie downer because a lot of the you know when the the state of 
po- uh, social media, YouTube and podcasts go as far as the the intricacies and the nuances and the discussions about how much volume is needed can be crazy. The more you can avoid that, the better it's honestly, the better it's going to be for you as a rug player. Um, so yeah, just make sure that you are covering your movement patterns. You're eating enough. You're balancing that relationship between frequency, volume, and intensity. You're adding isolation movements for the weak areas for specific areas that you want to, not every single muscle group. Um, you're recovering well and you're adding some variety and continually progressing over the long term and that's it that's all that's all that there is as far as gaining and and then allowing for time to to do its job and that's great because now you've got all these other areas that you can really focus on increasing and 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 bettering yourself week to week and we'll continue to go through those areas in on this podcast and make sure you're subscribed and make sure that if you have any questions about this stuff, again, let me know in the comments below. If you've made it all the way to the end, thumbs up also really helps. And if you haven't done so already on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. really does help the show out. Share this with a mate that wants to get strong and wants to get jacked. Or share it with a mate that overthinks this stuff. Either way, it's going to help them out and it's going to help you out. Because then you're going to have a better teammate. All right. Thanks so much for watching. Catch you in the next one.